Getting split. Getting split. Getting split. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 she's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Hello and welcome to another episode of Getting Split Ready. Tonight on our panel, we have Tanya Harvey from Ward Family Law, Joyce Smarter from Urban Balance, and Matthew Kerr from Keystone Mediation. Getting Split Ready is brought to you by the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network with our proprietary badge system designed with the client in mind. All you need to do is identify your needs, match it to the appropriate pros, and you can get yourself split ready. Tanya. We're going to talk first a little bit about civility. A little bit first about Tanya. Tanya is a 15-year veteran of the legal industry, uh, exclusively practicing in matrimonial and family law, a graduate of John Marshall Law School and Miami University, Ohio, and a fellow at the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois. So really, thanks for joining us. And talking a little bit about civility, it's kind of lacking today in, in a lot of different things, especially divorce. Tell me, how do you bring civility to divorce? Well, I think one of the things that we have to do is remember that we are working together in family law as colleagues and that from case to case to case is that one time we could have the right case or we could have the wrong case and we have to be able to respect each other and to treat each other with civility. And I think practicing for 15 years now from the beginning, it seemed that What was being encouraged at that time was to fight, fight, fight. You know, your client is number one and is the best person and that you would go through anything for your client. And I think now, since we're moving more towards mediation and collaboration, that it makes more sense not to have that mentality. So being the advocate for them is bringing civility to it. That is true. Joyce, how do you, well, you, obviously you work with people, same thing. How do you help support the attorney to bring civility to a, to a divorce? Well, as a therapist, I always say that healthy self-esteem is midway between diva or doormat. If you don't <laughs> like the term diva, you can just call that person dick. Um, but they're basically a person who doesn't respect other people's boundaries and is entitled And the doormat is somebody who doesn't respect his or her own boundaries. So healthy self-esteem is when we respect ourselves and other people and we communicate with assertiveness and diplomacy. So that's always what I recommend. And it it depends on people's self-worth and their ability to advocate for themselves in a way that's honest and clear and direct. And I think if the attorney can model that for the client, that's a wonderful way to go. So, Tanya, when you get someone new to the process, right, most people going through a divorce, it's probably their first divorce. You've done many. How do you kind of set some ground rules or expectations for them that civility is not only okay but expected in the process? Well, I think definitely one of the first things that we tell our clients is that it is a must to have some sort of help. And in that is that we want this to be a team approach and we want you to have mental health coaches or a therapist because, one, it's very expensive to use your attorney as a therapist per hour. And then, two, uh, another avenue that I set ground rules as is uh, by saying 
that I am not going to put my reputation on the line for you going forward, and I'm not going to have take on your case or your mentality of certain issues when it doesn't help anyone in the situation. So when people's emotions are sky high and they're angry and they're hurt, do you get some pushback on that sometimes? Or are people usually quick to get on board with the civility train? Well, I think the one thing is, is that once they realize that, look, this is a relationship between the client and I, that this is something that you know, this is not something that we're just going to quickly do within a few weeks. This is a long-term relationship. So having support other than just your lawyer, you need the team approach. So I think it's good to run different ideas back and forth. And I haven't had anyone have any pushback because that's also one of my prerequisites is that you have to have a mental health professional involved. How often do people confuse civility with Kind of that reconciliation, right? They look and they say, I don't love this person. I don't like this person. And I don't want to be civil. But are they confusing civility with just with, with love? With love? No, or not, with I just not, or you know, with their, you know what I'm saying, the previous though, right? relationship, you mean? Yes, like attachment or whatever. I, or not know, falling into old patterns, maybe? But yeah, are they, are they confusing with, hey, I'm just got to be a good person and not be a dick? With, <laughs> right. With... <laughs> Or diva. <laughs> I don't care or for diva. this person anymore. I've got all this other baggage. You know, th- th- how much does that get in the way where they're just resistant? I think, again, that falls back into having your mental health professional involved because I have no problem telling them, you know, I see you falling into your old patterns. I see you not thinking clearly here and that you're thinking with emotions. And one of the things that we set the stage at the beginning of our client attorney relationship is is that look I am here for you on the business end too and that I need to tell you sometimes what you do not want to hear and so if that is you know you are being rude to opposing counsel or civility is shaking the other party's hand it's acknowledging that they're not a threat or they're not the enemy is that we're in a team approach to try to get this done and do it amicably. Matt, that, that kind of makes me think about the whole mediation side mm-hmm. and the fact that mediation versus, it sounds like you're talking mostly about litigation and contested divorce. That's correct. How often does is mediation easier to bring civility? I know you mediate as well. We've got four mediators here. We do. Um, mm-hmm. But how much do you think it plays in where they've already made the decision to work together? And how often do you bring, and I'm supposed to ask two questions, but how often do you bring rules of the road in the beginning to say, we're working together, we're going to come up with an agreement on how to act and how to be civil. Well, just because they're a mediation doesn't mean they're agreeing to work together, first of all. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> there's definitely high conflict mediation cases. A lot of times I'll tell clients, you know, um, marriage is tough and uh, divorce is even more difficult. And if you're looking for a therapist, um, I'm going to severely let you down because I have zero education when it comes to marriage therapy. But if you are willing to get a divorce and you're willing to work together and listen to each other and validate each other's sides, you don't necessarily have to agree agree with that side, but you at least need to hear it from them and validate it that this is important to that person. 
Um, that's where I think the mediation process may enter a little more civility than maybe the adjudicated process because you don't necessarily have a mindset of I'm going to have someone to fight for me. I, I also like to say to my clients, when you got married, you did not have the lawyer hold your hand when you walked down the aisle. So why do you want the lawyer holding your hand when you're walking back out? Um, you know, you got yourself into this mess, you got to get yourself out. And my job as the mediator is to facilitate that process. And I think oftentimes um, they may be willing to work together to some extent, but you still will have areas of conflict. And that's where I think the process is very helpful when it comes to that topic of civility. So it's not always just the clients, too, that pose a civility challenge in our practices. How do you recommend that we work with other professionals when civility is a challenge? This is one of my hot topic buttons, <laughs> obviously. I think it's definitely, it comes with experience, too, because I feel that when you have younger lawyers in the practice, and depending on who their mentors are and who's mm -hmm. teaching them, then you can see the patterns continually happen over and over again. And again, it's going back to, I don't know, that golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. And I think it's a learning process. I mean, I can't say that from the beginning of my practice that I wasn't that way as well, because I thought, oh, you have to fight, fight, fight for your mm -hmm. clients. And so now I realize, one, you don't have to invest emotionally that way. And two, why would you want to be perceived that way in the family law realm or attorney realm among your peers? You want to be able to be seen as someone who's collaborative, who's strong for their clients, but also realizes when to talk to their clients about when they're doing something wrong. And Can, go ahead. You used the word collaborative, and that stuck out because... Mariah's a collaborative fellow, you're a collaborative fellow, and it, it's, it's a, a, an aspect of the industry that definitely seems to be taking more hold. Talk a little bit, if you could, about how collaborative and civility go hand in hand and how the outcomes are better. And that's for everybody, because I know you work with a lot of the collaborative folks, too, and, and, uh, and you as well. Well, I think, again, when you had asked Matt the questions about laying the ground rules, I think that's one of the big things in collaborative is setting the ground rules from the beginning in a collaborative process. And actually, that's one of the first steps in collaborative is that everyone sits around the round table and you talk about, here's the process. This is what we expect. We're going to respect each other. And that's similar in mediation as well. You definitely do not have those conversations in litigation, which would behoove everyone to do so. But the other thing is that in, in litigation as well is that the judges are now st are sticking up for civility in the courtrooms. There's actually a judge that wears a pin in the courtroom that says civility queen. And so if you even remotely raise your voice or talk negatively to another attorney, she will call you out and put them in their place, which is good because they, I believe, Civility in the courtroom is required. I wish we saw more civility on the TV this week. Get some people yelling at each yeah. other, right? <laughs> you know, as a therapist and a speaker on conflict resolution, I completely agree with Tanya and Matt's points. And I love the quote from author Wayne Dyer. He says, how people treat you is their karma and how you react is yours. 
So we each have a responsibility to ourselves to respond to situations with integrity and professionalism. And as Tanya said, to behave as an example for others and really set that tone. As a therapist, I believe that empathy is the magic wand in diffusing conflict. So whether you're the attorney dealing with a client or you are the person getting divorced dealing with your ex, rather than arguing with the person's feelings or changing the subject, simply honoring how they're feeling and validating that you understand that they're hurt, that they're angry, that they're upset. Sometimes people just keep upping the ante and they keep talking until they're heard. And if you can express that you hear and understand them, that's the first step to resolving conflict. I also think Tanya made some good points about healthy detachment, you know, not taking on your client's problems as your own and keeping some healthy separation. We have to do that as therapists. And these are skills we develop as we mature in our professions. So we were talking before we went on air about our kids. How do we kind of convey the same theory and practice of civility to the kids in this divorce situation where they may be afraid to talk, they may be learning really bad communication behaviors from their parents? Um, How important is this to kind of make sure it trickles down? Anybody? Well, it absolutely does trickle down. So it's important to maintain awareness of that and, again, set healthy examples and use empathy, again, to honor their feelings of anger and sadness and loss and understand that those are normal responses to this life transition and it's temporary. They'll work through it. And and if the best you can do to take care of yourself during the process, the better they're going to do. I also always tell my clients as a reminder that you are modeling relationships for your children. So while you are communicating with your husband or soon to be ex-husband or wife or ex-wife, is that your children are watching you and that they will learn this type of conflict resolution or lack thereof in the future. And so when they ask questions like, well, is this the right choice? Should I go through a divorce? A lot of people ask that too. And when it comes down to me having some opinion on that, I always say, do you want to model this type of relationship to your children? And they're quick to answer either yes or no. So I think that- Why do they ever answer yes when it's really violent or not? I shouldn't say violent, when it's very, you know, uncivil. By conflict. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've never had someone say yes, but I could imagine that (laughs) the other spouse (laughs) is saying, oh, what's the big deal? You know, we fight, it's okay, who cares? not impacting the children i think and people don't realize that the kids are always listening always. to yeah they're sponges so yeah. many times they're like well we don't fight when the kids are awake and even if they mm. even if you're not talking about it verbally the kids can even pick up on the body language and uh they can tell that there's tension in the home and um you know that's uh, you know that's why i love talking about mediation as a process because when you fight in the more adjudicative process um you're 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 pinning yourself against the other person and in the mediation process what you're doing is you are collaborating together and working it out together and that keeps that there's still going to be tension there's still going to be conflict but it keeps it a lot lower because it's not us against them it's not digging your line you know dig, dig you know drawing a line in the sand and and I'm on this side and the other person's on that side it's just we're going through a lot right now and this is how we're going to resolve it in a, in a more peaceful, more collaborative way. 
No, that's I, I totally get that's. And I think that's kind of what we look at with Split Ready. And, you know, again, this I love this kind of conversation, especially, you know, when, when we spoke to Tanya before she was going to be on. She wanted to talk about civility. And I love it when attorneys bring us that kind of subject and it really turns on its ear that preconceived notion of what divorce is about and what attorneys are about. I was going to say it also raises awareness. I think people listening need to realize when they hear Tanya talk or other attorneys talk, you get to choose what kind of attorney you hire. If you want someone who's going to fight, 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 look for that attorney. If you want someone who's going to be more collaborative, who's going to look for civility and look for peace, find that kind of attorney. But don't necessarily go with the first attorney that was recommended to you by your friend from high school who knows your brother, right? Like, so do mm. your research because they're all different. They're all right. very different. Yeah. And you're going to be spending a lot of money on this. Yeah. I mean, this is a big investment um, and it's an investment to set up your life from this point moving forward. Um, and I if like you say investment, not cost. Well, but it is an investment. Right. No, I totally. Yeah, but I this love, is, I love that. Great yeah. point. Taking that, yeah. that angle because I think everyone yeah. looks at a cost and it's an investment in. Right. I think your sanity. You're investing in your future at, from starting at this point moving forward. And so when you're looking at that investment, do you want to uh, pay someone a large sum of money who is only going to make things more difficult for you, or are you going to want to invest in someone that's willing to find a resolution? that you can work with. You might not be happy with it, but you can work with it moving forward. And it's just, it's getting used to the new norm that is probably one of the more difficult things. Fantastic, yeah. I totally. Now, if anyone wants to get hold of you, because we talk about great lawyers and picking great lawyers and not maybe taking the referral from your friend, sister's brother, how can our listeners get hold of you? Well, I think the easiest way would be by calling, which is 312-803-5838. Or you can also shoot me an email, and that is tharvey at wardfamilylawschicago.com. And we will have all of Tanya's information on the website uh, as well uh, on, our, on our podcast site. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.